Welcome everyone, I am Michael, your host for Depaganizing the Gospels. In this episode, I will be presenting the discussion of notes explaining the depaganization of the testimony of Luke, chapters 17 through 20. The first note is about the omission of chapter 17, verses 1 through 10. Chapters 15, 16, and 17 have a pattern that repeats and is proof that the content was fraudulently attributed to Jesus. Jesus told his disciples, or some other variant of the phrase, is the evidence of fraud. These chapters might be considered homilies, but they were not the original teachings of Jesus Christ. To have included them in this testimony and falsely attributing them to be the words of Jesus Christ is fraud and a curse now removed. The next note is about the omission of verses 12 through 14. The passage describing lepers asking to be healed and then being healed instantly when told to go show themselves to the priest is a mimicry of various other passages. The inclusion is a fraudulent testimony and a curse now removed. The next note is about the omission of verses 15 through 21. The passage describes one of the lepers kneeling before Jesus who becomes perturbed that only one of the ten who were healed was worshiping him. While these passages are proven to be homilies, having the purpose to teach the fraudulent Catholic doctrine, all of it is contradictory to God's eternal truth by insinuating that Jesus regarded himself as God. Luke's testimony contains many false testimonies that are curses upon the New Testament, but the worst is yet to come, because the testimony of John is the testimony of the Antichrist. The next note is about the omission of verses 22 through 24. The passage was a mimicry of the warning about false prophets, but their descriptions appearing in this fraudulent variation had the attempt to portray Jesus as being a sorcerer with the powers of making lightning in the sky. It was an example of hyperbole created by a pagan heretic much later in time than Luke's original document. There is a pattern to these heresies, but they are all curses of fraud now removed. The next note is about the omission of verse 32. The statement, remember Lot's wife, is another example of a fraudulent insertion falsely being attributed to being spoken by Jesus during his ministry. It is a fraud and a curse now removed. The next note is about the omission of verses 1 through 14 in chapter 8. While not offensive as a sermonic content and having the purpose to be homilies that may be used to teach positive morals and values, attributing these passages to Christ is still a matter of false witness and these paganistic insertions by Catholic heretics are blasphemies and curses based on the fraudulent theology of Catholicism. The depaganization of the New Testament testimonies has the purpose of eliminating fraudulence that has cursed the texts and the testimonies about the life of Yeshua. It is unacceptable and a crime for those pagan heretics to have falsely attributed these statements to Jesus Christ, and this action of false witness is a sin they cannot be permitted to exist in a document that those same heretics claim to be the word of God. The New Testament is not the word of God. It is a fabrication of pagans who are tricking people into worshiping Satan, who was the son of God. Jesus Christ was a man. The next note is about verse 20, which says, You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. 
Despite the heretics obviously knowing the commandment not to bear false testimony, the authors and editors of Luke's testimony broke this commandment repeatedly, and they were the teachers of recidivism in the Roman Catholic Church as an acceptable practice under the premise of the omitted curse of the prodigal son. They could commit sin and ask forgiveness for that sin repeatedly, and that was the teaching of Catholicism. The next note is about the omission of verses 1 through 10, chapter 19. The passage was another example of fraudulent editorialization designed to support Catholic ideology and Roman taxation concepts by portraying salvation to be a matter of giving up all wealth to receive salvation. This concept is completely contradictory to the good news and God's eternal truth because salvation comes to those who repent and accept the Holy Spirit. While the tale of Zacchaeus might be very popular, it is also a fraud that does not appear in any other testimony. The next note is about the omission of verses 11 through 27. The passage was another example of completely fraudulent editorialization and a curse that insinuated Christ taught that any man who does not proselyze others will be condemned. This concept is clearly the teaching of Catholicism and occultism. It was not the message of Christ, and it was a pagan curse now removed. The next note is about the omission of verses 39 through 40. The passage about the Pharisees telling Jesus to rebuke his disciples and his response were fraudulent insertions, falsely attributed to being the words of Jesus. The fraudulent editorialization does not appear in any other testimony and irrelevantly portrays Christ in a negative character. The response attributed to Jesus being commanded by Pharisees is a type of curse also. Pharisees had no power or authority over Jesus, which really angered them. There is no reasonable value in any of these homilies because they were not about the good news or God's eternal truth. The next note is about a correction in verse 1 of chapter 20. The gospel was not the correct terminology during the time of Christ. The inclusion of this word in the text is evidence of the heretical alterations made to the testimonies that prove the content was not the true words of Jesus Christ. It has been replaced with good news which does not insinuate magic as implied by the heretics who altered the text by changing terminology to suit their fraudulent ideologies. Jesus did not teach the gospel. He presented to the world God's eternal truth about repentance and the Holy Spirit. The next note explains the omission of verses 9 through 16. The parable of the vineyard workers being killed does not appear in any other testimony. It has been omitted for being a fraud. It had the purpose to support the fraudulent Catholic doctrine because it insinuated that Jesus was saying he was son of God. The line, I will send my son whom I love, is clearly an attempt to claim that Jesus said he was son of God. The fraud was a powerful curse because it used the words described as being audibly spoken by God about Jesus at his baptism and at the transfiguration. Falsely attributing this passage to Christ was a curse. It's now removed. The next note is about an omission from verse 26 which now says they were unable to trap him in what he had said there in public. The clause, and astonished by his answer that they became silent, is another example of the fraudulent additions made by the heretical author Luke, the pattern being identified as the technique used by the heretical author named Luke has returned in the text. What has been inserted into the text of chapters 15 through 19 was not written by the same author that is now appearing as the writer of this portion of the testimony. The characteristics of the text has transitioned from being edited by some unidentified person in Europe to being the work of the pagan heretic named Luke again. 
the curse has been removed. The next note explains the mission of verses 27 through 39. The passage was omitted for being an obvious plagiarism from text in Matthew's testimony. The fraudulent editing created a paganized variation of the explanation falsely attributed to Jesus. The resurrection is as Jesus explained it in Matthew's testimony. Eternal life will be as spiritual beings like the angels in heaven. The bodies of the dead and buried do not come back to life on the day of judgment in a resurrection of the flesh. And that concept is a pagan belief. If there is a need for God to return a man to the earth in the flesh, God creates an entirely new body for the soul to inhabit while on earth. Elijah's return as John the Baptist is an example of this truth. Enoch was returned to the earth in a new body also. The second coming of Jesus Christ will be his appearance in a new body also. Human flesh does not exist forever, but the soul of a man can exist eternally as God determines. God made Adam and Eve from the dust of the earth, which has been proven scientifically. The elemental components of the human body can be found in the dust of the earth. God can make flesh and blood from the elemental components of the earth and give it life with his Holy Spirit. The next note explains the mission of verses 41 through 44. The fraudulent testimony omitted was a reference to Psalms 110, which is a paganized curse in the Old Testament Holy Bible created during the Second Temple period. An unknown pagan heretic included this same reference in all three synoptic testimonies to validate the inclusion of the Melchizedekian curse in the Holy Bible. Melchizedek was a fraudulently created character identified as the king and high priest of Jerusalem in the time of Abraham. Introducing this fraudulent character into Genesis during the Second Temple revisions of the Torah establishes scriptural precedent for the pagan ritual of consuming bread and wine as a ritualistic blessing. The addition of a pagan ritual in both Old and New Testaments has been a curse on the Holy Bible, perpetrated by a pagan cult that may have also been responsible for the Cumberland Cave Scrolls. A careful examination of the translated Genesis Apocryphon scroll found among the Dead Sea Scrolls will reveal a major difference between what that scroll says and the text in the modern-day version of Genesis. The Qumran Cave Scroll says that Melchizedek gave Abraham and his army food and drink. Modern-day Genesis says Melchizedek blessed Abraham with wine and bread. Giving food is not the same as blessing with bread and wine. The ritual of a sacramental blessing with wine and bread to symbolize human flesh and blood is satanic, and this heretical practice originated in pagan religions prior to the time of Christ. The blasphemous ideology of the satanic ritual representing the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ has been one of the deepest fakes in the Bible, now exposes the paganized fraud of monumental proportions. Partaking of the sacrament in the Catholic Eucharist is not the path to salvation. Well, that was the last note for this episode. Large parts of Luke have been omitted as fraud. Although those parts omitted could have been useful as homilies, published separately and used to teach good morals and values, the fraudulent inclusion and false attribution to being the words of Jesus Christ makes them all a curse upon the text now removed. Well, that is all for this episode. Be sure to subscribe for notifications. Thank you for listening. I am Michael.